podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to Strongcast. I'm Paul Sullivan, joined as normal by Mark Boyd. How are we? And we have a special guest today. Special. Yeah, Mr. Lee Ryan. Good morning. What do you like to be introduced as? Running extraordinaire, world record holder, madman. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> madman. Yeah, yeah madman's normal. Liverpool fan. Madman. <laughs> madman. madman. Yeah. The years of heartache are over. Yeah. But it still scares me every time I watch it. <laughs> so, Lee, how are we? I'm good. Happy Friday. You got a little break from the family? A little break from Enjoy, the family. Enjoying yeah. the summer? A little break from running? No. Yeah. <laughs> no never. <laughs> Um, yeah, they're in the UK for the next four weeks. Yeah. They're enjoying the, the sunny climates of the UK. And I've come back just to get back to the grind. Yeah. Wife's a teacher, so she enjoys that summer holiday with the girls. So I come back and just get on it. Next race is on the horizon. So. Ooh, we'll get into that. But let's have a. We know a little bit about you, but let's uh, go back. Back in time. Give us a sort of the start of the, the journey, the story into fitness, sport, and how you've sort of got to where you are. Right, where to start? How many marathons are under the belt? Um, right from the get-go, which may surprise people, hated sport as a kid. Hated PE. Didn't get involved in PE or anything like that. Dad was a PT in the in the British military, um, but that wasn't me against him, so to speak. It was more just didn't enjoy it. And I started getting into health and fitness as a teenage boy, as you do. You pick up your dad's weights in the in the garage get some biceps, get some abs, go meet some girls on the weekend. It is what it is. And then just started to train like that, started to enjoy it. A lot of people said to me, oh, you're actually quite good at it. Why don't you try and get a career in it? Why don't you try and get like a PT course, like a three month over the summer, get a PT course. Started running um, just as a football, started getting into football and then nonchalantly, naively just put my name in the hat for the lottery of the London Marathon when I was 17. Um, not expecting to get in ended up getting in <laughs> ran it with my dad so that was his last marathon so my dad ran 10 marathons that was his last london marathon i was 18 i think i ran it in some reebok classics completely did not give a shit about about it um crossed the line of four and a half hours which oh, wasn't hey. so bad but i was floating around not, not caring in the world but my dad made his number one goal that i did not beat him on that day <laughs> and my mom told me he came around that 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 finish line by buckingham palace his face was beetroot veins <laughs> popping out of his head almost like he was getting hunted by me and i just crossed the line and i would say i fell in love with it right then then started working in gyms in london park lane Holmes place the usual pt grind getting in at 6am in the morning, getting the last train home, just trying to build that client base, finding what I wanted to do with them, whether it was hypertrophy or endurance or fat loss, you didn't really know at the beginning. And then got a phone call to say there's an opportunity in, in Dubai to work in the first fitness first gym, which was Ibn Battuta. All right. And they went, see you in two weeks. I was like, well, I need a bit more than two weeks. Give me, give me a month or so so I can sell a car and stuff like that. I didn't have too much time me down. Lucky enough, I was single. And then 16 years, 15 years ago, moved out to Dubai, fitness first, arrived in a big fancy villa in Al Barsha. And at the time I didn't really know much. The Burj Khalifa was a foot high, wasn't even a foundation at the time. Uh. Looked and went, this'll do. <laughs> 
but what I didn't know, there was 25 people in that villa <laughs> in eight bedrooms. And I was like, okay, this is what it is. And then again, just got to the grind, used to get the transport in 5.30 in the morning to get the first clients at six o'clock. And then I'll get the last transport home because I didn't drive, didn't have a driving license here and stuff like that. And it was like 12, 13 hour days, just grinding, networking, meeting people, saying hello on the gym floor as you do. Mm. And then just found a niche and started to build that endurance focus. Went into that hypertrophy aspect, wanted to build muscle, just jumped into sets with clients and then I'd have a rest and then someone would be training and I'd jump on a chest and a tricep or whatever. I've, def I've definitely seen those photos of you in like men's magazines looking, oh, yeah. pre looking pretty ripped at that point. It was one of those things on the bucket list to say, right, before I had kids, when I had kids, I wanted to show dad and granddad used to be okay at some stuff. Um, got in the front of men's men's fitness here, which was quite good, a little centerfold spread. That's in my spare toilet at home if you ever visit. <laughs> um, yeah, and then just the day after that, I think it was the CrossFit Open when CrossFit was the, the, the main thing here. And I ended up doing one of the workouts and I'd never felt so unfit in my entire life. I think I was sitting at 6% body fat, probably looked better a week after my photo shoot because i just carved up took all the sugar mm. in and just swelled up a little bit and i'd never felt so unfit in my life and at that point i just went yeah this is not for me i don't want to steal my sense of expression or escape which is running just to look good so while you're in london up in that period did you continue with races or running or was no. that just put on the back that i did a couple of fun runs a couple of park runs and a couple of the 10k runs about and stuff but it wasn't my key focus by any stretch of the imagination it mm. was just learning learning about my body through that pt qualification so yes it was to get a career but it was also to find out what my body does and how to build it up and what sets mean what what reps mean what mm. and then no never really got into it i used to cycle to work so my endurance foundation basically comes from me not having a car trying to get to work to earn some money to go out on the weekend with friends so I used to cycle 10 miles to work every morning and then cycle 10 miles home every night but that wasn't a oh this is it this was if i want to work this is my that's job it's got to be mm. do it you either get the bus or you wake up early and cycle then save some money and that's how it was mm. bringing it back to your first marathon did, did you prepare for it in any way or did you structure anything i went for a few runs around <laughs> around the neighborhood and stuff like that and my dad was phoning my mom up going because at the time they were separating he was like is he training? Because this is, this is a big thing. And she's like, yeah, he's training a bit. And I remember him once coming in, he come down to visit and knocked on the door, still in bed. When you're a teenager, you used to sleep until he like 11, 12 o'clock. And he went, yeah, I'm worried about you. Are you going to be all right? Oh, don't worry about it, dad. I've got, I've got kit and stuff like that. And it rolled up, didn't really understand what it was, mm. but was more celebrative that I was doing it with my dad. So that was quite cool. Um, and now we've got pictures together. He loves the fact that I ran my first with his last. Mm. Um, and then forevermore from that, for many, many years, I was trying to chase his PB. And every time I'd phone him up after a race, he would phone up and say, so mate, how did you do? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd tell him, I could, I could see him behind the phone going, yes, I've got one more year in me before <laughs> before he beats me because then I'm, I'm not the guy. Because I always used to fight with him on how tall I was. I'm taller than you, Dad. And he went, not yet, mate. Still give you a hide and if you want one. <laughs> What uh, what was his PB? His PB was 309. Three hours, nine minutes. And he did that plus 40, like 41, 42. Oh, yeah. Mm. Does, that, does that still stand? No. I whooped his ass. Oh. 
He's good now. You've done that with a pram now, haven't you? <laughs> I've done that with a pram. Double pram, yeah. Yeah, true. We'll, we'll get into that. So, yeah, like, and then, so you talk about that CrossFit, that workout, and that sparking you to think, shit. Yeah. I look great, but... Exactly, got yeah. no I'm, engine. I enjoyed the CrossFit aspect, but it was that material, I look good on camera, I look good in a mirror, but I feel Ooh. like utter shit. Yeah. And it just wasn't a nice place to be. Yeah. Um, so I started to get back into it and it was hard to change the body. And that's the reason why, even with my endurance training now, if I go to the gym more than once every two weeks, I just load it straight back on. And the doms that I get from simple sets is absurd. Mm. So now I have to be very careful. It's almost body weight workouts that I have to do for my strength conditioning for my running because I've just pounded myself so much, jumped in sets at, when I used to train at train FF, SF and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it wasn't a good place to be at yeah. all. Not nice. So when was then your first step back into sort of like competitive racing or like you were building your fitness back up and then was there a switch into I'm going to go full force into this? No, I think it just grew. There was a lot of things that went on in life that I needed to disappear on. I'm not still not very big drinker. I'm not very materialistic. I don't splurge on stuff to clear the mind mm. i'll just go for a run and that was my thing and i'll go for a run around the block and just go right this is healthy for me mentally i'll just go and run i used to live in the greens so i'd run around the greens and then i go oh let me try a little bit further met some people started running together and stuff and felt okay i do have kind of a skill set here where i can kind of start to push through i feel good about it i'm comfortable enough that i've got that runner skinny body now where I used to feel quite awkward about not filling out a t-shirt that I wanted to feel a little bit buffer. Mm. But then trying to to double hat, I was like, right, I've got to pick one. Which one do you want to do? And then I started to pick up and then they started having kids. And I was like, right, I need to do what I need to do. Stick the kids in the pram, I'll go for a run and things like that. And yeah, I just almost, I think from a PT perspective, the the ruthlessness of what it is here, industry as a whole, I fell out of love with the industry because it turned into more of a sales job as a business. Working with those big global global chains, it's like, I don't care if you've helped that guy save his life by losing 50 kilos, mm. you didn't sell enough PT. Mm. And I was like... Mm. You didn't hit your 160 hours. You yeah. Didn't you didn't do that. Yet. So here's your first warning. I'm like, what? And I'm like, excuse me, but I've just almost saved this guy's life, changed his life. He's going to remarry his wife. Uh, yeah, but you didn't sell that bulk of 50 sessions that you were meant mm. to sell and like yeah i'm out yeah and then just started getting into running and found, found that niche started to push myself again the same as what i got into personal training to learn about my own body i started to train up found a niche and then started to meet people that wanted to learn they wanted to learn off me and then that's i got running man lee ryan performance started to build it up as a business and then skipping forward a few steps came on board with adidas mm. And I was with Adidas from a sponsored athlete perspective. Yeah. They would sell me some kit and that was amazing. Cause I was like, wow, favorite player growing up football wise was Steven Gerrard, David Beckham and stuff like that. I, this is cool, Adidas is sending me some kit. Yeah. And I just thought, right, opportunity, foots in the door in a number of places here. Again, get your head down, do the stuff that people don't see to make sure when they do see it, it's all bells and whistles and we can celebrate some success. Yeah. So let's talk about some of them successes that followed then with that sort of mindset that you've got what was your first sort of well let's talk about your world records what world records do you hold 
Hold? That's a great or question. Did, did hold. Did hold. So my first world record, I don't know why I took this record on. Well, I can, I can kind of take you back to where I wanted to get involved in world records. So growing up as a kid, I used to get world record, the Guinness Book of Records every, every Christmas. Christmas. With my Beano and my <laughs> dandy annual, and you just used to read it. Yeah. Used to go through it. And I was watching a program many, many years ago on MTV called Robin Big. So it's Rob Deerdeck, who's a professional skateboarder in the US. He had a big MTV show, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, and he broke 21 world records in a day on skateboards and just smashed some serious records. And I just thought, right, I'm going to look what I could possibly do. <laughs> and at the time... That's something you do. Uh, <laughs> from, from a CrossFit perspective, I was doing a lot of training and helping some people out and training in a weight vest. Oh, shit, you did the burpees, didn't you? Did the burpees. Yeah, 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 yeah so yeah, I was yeah, training yeah. In, a, in, a, in a weight vest, running from, used to be a gym around the corner here. And I thought, right, I just try and how far I can run what the world record is with a weight vest. And they went, we don't have a weight vest record, but the equivalent is a backpack. So the, the stipulation was a weight vest can spread the weight on front and back. The backpack, it all has to be in your back. Okay, fastest 10K with a backpack. Way too quick for me. It was like <laughs> 36 minutes with a 20 kilo backpack. And then I was like, right, half marathon, marathon, started looking. So I went for the marathon, London Marathon first, failed three times. I think the, the, the first time to break was four and a half hours with a 20 pound backpack. So it's like 10 kilos. Um, and that broke me in half. Like I've still got the scars on my back from the padding. I just got, literally got a backpack <laughs> loaded up with a couple of plates and some sand. Uh, and the worst thing like you can do. <laughs> yeah. Because I've ran with a Bergen before. And, uh, I was going to say, what, what's the, was it the yomp? The yomp, you would yomp. What's the sort of distance is that? Between, and weight. You've got like a nine mile speed march and then you've got a 30 mile yomp. With how much on the so back? Stateside, they call it rucking as well. So yeah, there's, yeah. there's a brand rucker there. So I, eventually when I kept pushing through, I went and got an, a proper rucking backpack. Mm. Uh, but I think I came through like 15 minutes after that world record and I was gutted because it broke me. But then someone said to me, you've still finished the London Marathon with that on your back. I was like, okay, what can I do next? And then all of these records started to come, not to darken the mood from quite a heavy time in mine and my wife's life we lost our, our son so for me i interpreted that of carrying the burden of grief on my back and right i'm gonna try and do something in his memory and try and this is my process of grief that was my mindset mm. i can't be emotional in front of my wife because she had to carry that baby for nine months and and we lost yeah. and blah 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 and blah blah so i was like right i'm gonna go and whatever happens on that run I'm going to cry, I'm going to scream, I'm going to do whatever, and then I'm going to come back. But I'm going to do it for his charity, which is SANS, which is prenatal stillbirth in the UK. And then I did the, the Rack Half Marathon and broke that record. So the record was one hour, 36 minutes, and I did it in one hour, 31 minutes. So that was my first world record with a weighted backpack. Wow. And I was like, right, there we go. Started to build it up going, okay. And I don't want to sound arrogant in that, but it was like, that wasn't that bad. And I think sometimes when it comes down to that mindset of, as long as that mindset's in the right place, I had a couple of paces with me on bikes, just going, right, Lee, you're doing fine. Here's some water, just keep tucking through. And I had a sign on the back of my backpack to say what I was doing. I was getting a lot of motivation from other runners going along, cross the line, let out a massive scream of emotion. And then all the, all the, the news reporters came over and it started to get a bit of traction. And then from that, um, 
was close close friends with a lady called Eva Clark, who used to be based in Abu Dhabi. She's an absolute monster. She's got 14 world records, I believe, at the moment. That comes down to most pull-ups in 24 hours, most pull-ups in 12 hours, most knuckle push-ups. I think she recently just did the most shuttle runs in 24 hours. I think like 12,000 shuttle runs in 24 hours. Something silly. She goes to a, yeah. a capacity in her mind that's profound. And we said, right, what can we do together? So we did 24 hours of burpees. And the record, I think I still hold that record. It was 24 hours of burpees on knuckles, 10,110. Oh. Go back to the start of the clip. Madman. <laughs> <laughs> Who chooses to do burpees? Why do you? Who chooses to do burpees then on the knuckles and then goes, let's do it for 24 hours? <laughs> I don't know what order you it came have, in. If you, yeah, you must have been absolutely broken after that. I was in a world of trouble. How does that break up? Do you get rest? So we were working out 11 burpees a minute for 24 hours. And then we would, we would structure rest depending where we got to. But within that 24 hours, we attempted three more. So I did the one minute record, which was 47. And then I did the 12 hour record, which is 6,900. I believe they may have been broken by now. In that time, she broke the 24 hour record in less than 12 hours next to me. Bloody hell. How many did she do overall? Um, I, I'll have to backtrack on that. I can't remember. Oh, as if, oh, as if you can't remember. Like 16,000. <laughs> she also, at the beginning, to start her world record attempt, she did the one-minute burpee push, uh, one-minute knuckle push-up record as well and smashed them out in the same day. So all in all... Who is this woman? Yeah, I'll, I'll send you her yeah. Instagram handle. She's an absolute... Human? <laughs> but the, the tough thing was we did that outside. So we linked with the 24-hour endurance race that's at the Dubai Autodrome, and that's normally in January, February. Um, one of her clients from a PT perspective was one of the race directors for one of the race teams. So the, the idea was when the cars start, 10 a.m., we start, and then we finish when they finish. Okay, that's amazing. I didn't realize how cold it gets in January at one, two o'clock in the morning. So there was points where the fatigue was, I was cold, I was hot, I was in like a hoodie, still going. I had UFC gloves on with like a half an inch mat on the floor because I was going on knuckles. So the idea from the knuckles perspective came from Eva because one of her wrists is fused. So she can't flex or extend. So she said, I've only got to do this. But she said at the same time, if you was to flex and put your hands down, and do something to your wrist. 10,000 times, yeah. You're done. Mm. So this kind of slowed the tempo down, but gave us a more solid base putting the hands down. But from that, the friction on the knuckles was just another world. I ended up getting lead poisoning from the, from the gloves, from the rubber from the gloves going in. So I went to see the pharmacy. So I, all of my knuckles were bleeding as if I'd just been in a fight. So you can imagine a couple of weeks afterwards when I'm in a coffee shop, you can see the judgments of people just looking at me going, thugs. Like, burpees. It's burpees. burpees. Burpee knuckles. Um, so I had, yeah, lead poisoning from that. So I had to have like tetanus jab in both ass cheeks at the Dubai Autodrome, which is always fun. But then drove myself home. I was like, right, I can't do anything with these knuckles. And my wife's like, we haven't got any bandages. So I literally had to get two sanitary towels, <laughs> tape them to my, tape them to my hand. Imagine what that went down in the coffee shop. You get two sanitary towels. <laughs> and I, I had to, to go to sleep, I had to lay in bed like this, literally like I was dying. <laughs> like an angelic uh, tampon. <laughs> literally. 
<laughs> yeah, so they they took a while. They're still a bit fragile now. When it gets when it gets cold here, they're still sore. But again, with that, we raised fifty thousand dirhams for for charity yeah, for amazing. world child cancer. So we helped some people out, and then those kids um, from Africa sent us videos over to say thank you very much. You're like, right, that's exactly why I do it. Yeah. Um, and then more record attempts. And I think trying to remember, yeah. So fourth record was fastest marathon pushing a double stroller. So both my kids in a double stroller in the Dubai marathon. The record was four hours, so I did it in three hours twenty seven minutes. That's bonkers. But but most parents go, forget the marathon. How did you get your kids to stay in a stroller? That's really the record. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, the day before they may not have wanted to get in that stroller. It wasn't a lot, I've tied them in and I didn't ever want it to be torture for them. I didn't ever want them to, to recall it and remember it and look at the stroller and go, I'm never doing that again, daddy, that was horrendous. <laughs> so if they woke up on that morning, as much as all the investment and the media and whatever it was for me to get that record, if they woke up and they wasn't in that mood to get in that stroller, they're staying at home. Mm. It's as simple as that. I'm never gonna put it on them and tie them down just to amplify what I'm doing or try and make me feel better. So we had food, we had, so obviously the the stroller ended up being about 45 kilos worth Bloody in weights because I had the GoPro. Because there was so much money and bribes in there for them. <laughs> <laughs> literally food, it was literally a conveyor belt of food. Pocket money was up there. We loaded up iPads yeah. just to say, right, if you need to tune in, they didn't want the iPads. Arm-mounted arm iPads. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't want them. They just went, no daddy, we're, Everyone was. I bet when they got into it, they loved that atmosphere. Oh, they, were, they were on it. And, stuff like that. and lucky enough, they fell asleep with an hour to go. So I was like, right, hood down. Let's just try and push out as much as we can. And then we'll get into that last corner. So you come from the Burj Al Arab up Unsakim towards yeah, yeah, Small yeah. of Emirates. Yeah. And I'm like, right, the kids are asleep. And the guy that was with me, I was like, Rob, I'm going to have to wake them up. He went, are you sure? I went, they can't look back on this in 18 years when they're old enough and go, why are we fast asleep crossing the line breaking a record it's like sorry kids get up you're gonna hate me wake up i know the sun's in your eyes sun visor up tilt them up and cross the line so technically they were in the world record books as well because they were a part of that record so that's brilliant again as as a legacy piece when they get older they break a world record has anyone attempted to beat that do you know i believe so i think i got pounded with you know how people are pounded with messages to say, do you know a woman's just beating you in that record? I went, right? With a triple stroller. <laughs> and, and again, it goes back to, you think you're crazy. There's always someone out there who's a little bit more funky, but there's, there's people, even with the weighted backpack, with uh, the 20 pound backpack, there's a guy that's ran faster than me without a backpack to break the world record. So the world record is two hours and 44 minutes with a 20 pound backpack Jesus. for a marathon. I can't do that without the backpack yet. Again, there's always Miles. someone. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's, it's insane it's a, levels, isn't it? There is ex- insane levels, but again, it's that mentality. You may, they may be fitted to you and they may be not, but Eva Clark, endurance wise, she's just got a, a switch where she can just turn the world off mm. and just stick to it. And she run like 100K races and stuff like that. And it's, being comfortable enough to be on your own for that long and i think that's a lot of people's issues people get bored people go oh running's boring it's like no you're boring and you can't deal with your own company Mm. and once you pass that thing then do you do you believe because i've always kind of wondered this and never spoke to many like i will 100 percent class he was an elite athlete right 
once you get to a certain level of conditioning in your body and fitness level, you can run a marathon tomorrow, for example. Yeah. Right? Does it switch from being a physical challenge to purely mentally? Like you will, I guess you'll always have maybe a bit of cramp that will pop up or some sort of conditioning. But does it like Eva Clark, like for those things, doing 24 hours of something, it's not different on your body at that point. Is, does it just go into mental? It's a bit of both where sometimes I can do a 5K run and it'd be one of the hardest things I've ever done. And that's what people need to realize. Just because I can run X amount or run... 100k in my garden or run 118k around around Dubai which I did recently a 3k run can absolutely suck balls for me and absolutely blow my mind I'll get I'm, I'm done I'm not finishing this I don't want to do this and I think it comes down to that mental mental plane on where you start and you've just got to back yourself every time but as soon as that negative seed drops there is a physicality but it's something in here that, that people have. And that's one thing I admire is like, I'll read these books and, and watch these videos of idols of mine, Mo Farah, Elish McColgan recently and stuff like that. To do that in front of 80,000 people and deliver mm. and know that 80,000 people know before you if it's gonna happen or not because of the data that comes through now, people can track me on a marathon app. I've come to a point now post pandemic where I don't care what other people are thinking, where no matter the success or the failure, people will message me the next day. What's next? I'm like, just give me a break. Just, yeah, yeah. just appreciate. And and I think now sometimes, because the industry's so new in in especially in the UAE, a marathon's not respected enough anymore. They'll be like, oh, if you're endurance, you can run a marathon tomorrow. It is what it is. So where's the where's the celebration? It's like, well, no, it's the grind of the six months previous to that that marathon that you haven't seen the continuous discipline. Mm that to keep pushing through makes it look easy. Mm. And that's where people just get it twisted. They look at someone on Instagram and that perfect life or whatever it may be and go, oh, they must find it easy. It's like, no, they yeah. are. The work still has to be done. Oh. Yeah. yeah, and social media has become a, is massively to blame for that, right? Like oh. we were talking just before we come on here and people see the peak of something, a business, an event, uh, something you've worked hard on. Mm but there is always that graph that goes in that a lot of people aren't willing to put in these days yeah it's, it goes with everything even I'll post a, a cute picture of the kids oh you girls are beautiful you have a perfect family it's far from perfect the kids are absolute re <laughs> are horrendous sometimes <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but you've got to understand that this is real life this yeah. is not picture perfect all the time and that's what we've got to go through and that's what I'll build if I'm trying to train for something I'll never neglect being a father or a husband first mm. because that's the priority I'm not professional at this this is a hobby mm. so there's, it's, it's a big part of me it is, makes me what I am but at the same time there's a lot of other stuff going on I can't bite the hand that feeds me and that's a full time job mm. that's being a husband that's being a father and then running fits in simple as that yeah so let's talk about two challenges you've done in particular one was a massive inspiration for me and that was during lockdown okay where you ran in the garden and i seen that and i was sitting there my videos are long deleted of the stuff i got up to in lockdown <laughs> which was cross-dressing and <laughs> available on only fans now drinking cross-dressing and uh 80s athletic videos while he was actually doing something important but 
you decided to do that and I just recently like had one of my knee operations I'm sitting there and it's almost like oh, I can't go to physio can't go to rehab feeling sorry for myself doing some workouts and then you decide to run what 100 kilometers in your garden yeah back and forth yeah. during lockdown one again madman but two I think well for me anyway like that had such a big impact on people for you to step up and do something like that to show that these things are still possible and it yeah. is mindset and it is how you go about See, I like, went into it because obviously lockdown was tough and it still blows my mind that how Dubai was and it is an incredible thing because we are where we are in Dubai now because of that moment but yeah so going in to that lockdown moment I was running maybe 100 kilometers a week and then it was like stop took a few days just to get around it and I was like right I'm just got to run in the garden so lucky enough we have a big garden it's not a football field to make it sound easier I'd run three kilometers and just take it for what it was and it was that mindset of doing what I can with what I have at any one time and I wasn't hating the fact that I couldn't go for a 10 kilometer I was like right I can do something with what I have right now and it's like being at home and you only have a 10 pound dumbbell there's a lot you can do with a 10 pound dumbbell you don't have to have racks smith machines and stuff like that and I started to grow and I went right I need to do something. I need to, once something comes into the mind, stupid as it what it may be, I just have to jump on it. Don't question it. <laughs> Are we pointing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and this is where most of my ideas yeah. come from. I'll sit there and there'll be a, a moment of inspiration. I go, right, as soon as the head's in, mm. the body's gonna follow. Now, if I decide to do something without thinking about it, the mind's just gonna go, right, I'm out. I said to the wife, I think I'm gonna run a marathon. <laughs> I think I'm going to run a marathon in the garden on Friday. She's like, right, why? <laughs> I mean, because I just need to, but I feel I have to do something just to get something out. And people may, may enjoy it. So I did that. Started at five o'clock in the morning. Ended up being one of the hottest days of the year so far. It's like mid-April. So I ran the marathon. It blew up. Like, mm. it went viral. It was one of my most viral moments. The Adidas Global pages took hold of it. I ended up getting the girls to line up. Well, my wife ended up getting the girls to line up like a, finish a finish line, line with, yeah, with yeah, toilet yeah, roll. Yeah, yeah. And the amount of messages I got going, what are you doing with that toilet roll? Because <laughs> obviously everyone was buying up the yeah. toilet roll at the time. And they, met, and they made me these little medals and these posters. And I was like, right, these are the moments that count. Like we pay all this money for the big medals at the end and they collect dust in your cupboard. But my daughter made me a little, little medal out of cardboard and string. It's like, it's still at home on my mantelpiece. Mm. And I was like, need to do something and my wife could just see me going what are you doing <laughs> I went right I think I'm just going to do something in honour of the frontline workers in Dubai and the UAE I'm going to try and run 100 next Friday so it was a week after the marathon working from home I'm going to do 100 kilometres I went because that marathon was tough the toughest part was about two metres away from my running route around this garden this metres this garden's only 30 metres long I've got the kids looking at me eating an ice cream in the living room, in aircon, watching the, watching the TV. And I'm like, my, my bed's in there. So mentally, to, to not just go, oh, I'm just going to take a 10 minute rest and come back out and carry on. I was like, right, continue. Mm -hmm. So yeah, started at two o'clock in the morning. Took me 14 hours running up and down. I think it's three and a half thousand times I run up and down my garden to run. Just for and it's not just it's not just 30 meters in a straight line as well. It's like round a corner. 10 and round a corner to a, like another 10. Yeah, yeah it's like meters, an L shape, it? like yeah. a dog leg. Mm. We'll, so, get, we'll get a clip up or a picture of it on the. So on yeah, the it was just literally touching a wall, turn around, 
touch a wall, turn around, just back and forth. Three and a half thousand times. Three and a half thousand times. So my kids come out. My wife came out and ran her first ever 5K. So little things like this, yeah. it may be mediocre to other people. And people go, oh, but your wife doesn't run anyway. It's like, well, no, she has her, she hates running. She has her netball, she has her team support, she has that social aspect, but she, she d d doesn't enjoy it. So she came out and ran her first 5K. And we celebrated that moment. Went, that is incredible. Yeah. Carried on. Kids came out. Kids wanted piggyback rides. <laughs> like, I think it was 87 kilometers in. They're like, Daddy, piggyback. I was like... <laughs> 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 uh, Again, I'm a dad. So I'm not going to go push them to the side. Um, so I gave them piggyback. And one wants piggyback. The other one needs a piggyback. The other one's heavier. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> Carried on. Yeah, and end up finishing like 7 o'clock at night. But came out of that unscathed, but again, just showing people you can do amazing things with limited access. You don't have to have mm. the big fancy gyms, the big fancy things, and to, to achieve something amazing, you don't need much. You don't need to be in these perfect locations for, mm. to achieve greatness. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there was people messaging me that I inspired here, and they were running a marathon in their apartment yeah. or their studio apartment. So they were literally running up and down a room or on their balcony. And that's what it was. And a lot of people are like, ah, oh, but they get a lot of negativity with that. Ah, oh, but Captain Lee, we're, we're not lucky enough to have, have a garden. I went, but what do you have? Mm. Oh, we have this. You can do something, but it doesn't have to be a marathon or a hundred K. Your challenge could what be do, yeah. whatever you can do. If you yeah. can do 10 squats, 10 push-ups a day, just get that monog that routine going mm. is key. But yeah, that was, up there with one of the hardest things I've ever done, just for the fact that I could have quit at any time and sat down, but I just had to continue from like 60 kilometers on through like 3 p.m. Just battling through, had like a whiteboard tally chart, just trying to tick it off, but no music, nothing or anything like that. I had some, at some point, some music coming from the house because the girls would put it on, but no headphones in or anything like that. I was just- Peppa Pig or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Paw Patrol. Yeah. Um, but that was that, yeah. And that's... What did you feel like after that? I felt like I'd just run a very far, a very long way, but my body, a lot of, a lot of people were saying, oh, how's your knees, how, blisters and stuff? I went, no, because I wasn't doing it to break any records. It was me going A to B. Mm. And however long it took me, if it took me 18 hours or 20 hours, it, it is what it is. But at the same time, once you start getting into that time constraint, you've got to realize it's food, it's nutrition. And if I needed to break and take a drink, if I needed to break and take some food on or go to the toilet, I did. I wasn't punishing myself to try and impress anyone. I was like, I'm just going to do this for me. And whoever seems to gain anything from it or learn anything from it, then, then so be it. But it was solely for me. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Let's fast forward a little bit then. Now that was, as you've said, like one of your greatest sort of like achievements, yep. success, something that was... Let's talk about what happened. Was it your next challenge? Are we talking treadmill? Yeah. The treadmill. <laughs> the treadmill. I recently went to, went to a sports awards at a school and explained to them about how many times it went wrong before it goes right. So for everything that you do see, all the medals that I may have, for every one you see, there's at least 10 times where it didn't go to plan, whether that's a training run, the times that I didn't wake up or anything like that. And in hindsight now, the story of the treadmill, the fact that it didn't go to plan 
I've learned more from, mm. and I think m many more people have learned something from it because it didn't go right. If I had won, I don't think we're still talking about it now. But that came from lockdown. Training, training, training. I reached out to a very reputable uh, brand. I said, right, I'd love to get a treadmill in the house so I could start to train for something because I didn't know when, well, we didn't know when lockdown was gonna finish. I wanted to get a treadmill. So they took a long time to get back and they're like, if we're honest, our business right now to sell products for home gyms is off the chart. We can't spare any equipment. Any equipment that we have, we have to sell. We can't loan it, we can't lend it because people are just buying everything. And that's how it was, like Amazon was going off the chart. I think a lot of businesses changed their scope to say, we can sell you all of our equipment. I think many gyms even rented out their equipment so people yep. could have it at home. And then it came about in September 2021, uh, 2020. And I went, oh, we'll be willing to lend you this treadmill now. This treadmill was like 90,000 dirhams worth of kit. It was all bells and whistles. I was like, right, it's got Netflix on, it's got a TV. It's a monster of a thing. I was like, right, where can I put it? First, I was like, right, can I stick it downstairs in the dining room? Um, was the idea of this feat in your head when asking for this treadmill or was it purely yeah. just to get so it was? The, the feet, yeah, the 24 hours on a treadmill was, was in my mind. I looked at other things, but other things were a lot quicker than I was capable of. And I just thought, right, 24 hours, I've done, I've ran from Dubai to Abu Dhabi, I've done some endurance feats before, and I thought, right, I'll just give this a go. Um, and then trained for like literally exclusively on the treadmill for seven months. Originally the plan was, I'm gonna have it for three months, so I was doing a lot of runs outside, my long runs were like 50K, 60K, 70K outside on the road, and I was coming through them unscathed, feeling okay, and I thought, right, I'll just, add that onto a treadmill, get used to being isolated on a treadmill. Lots of things happened. Sadly, my my wife lost her mother to COVID complications amongst some other things. So she had to go back to the UK in January of 21 for eight weeks. Kids stayed here. So I was a single dad for eight weeks, but I was still training for this record. So I was like, right, this record will happen whenever it, whenever it happens. So school runs, pickups, putting them to bed, doing what, uh, doing what a parent does, but still training for this record. I was still running 200 to 220 kilometers a week on this treadmill, waking up two o'clock in the morning, spare room in the dark, sticking on the TV, drive to survive, Formula One, and just sticking some headphones in and going and running 100 kilometers before school drop off on a Wednesday. <laughs> and just building up and just getting, just getting used to it. And then started to build some and that's one thing I found here in Dubai. People don't react or start planning anything until it's like two weeks before the event. I was like, right, this is because they don't really believe it's going to happen. And that there's so much going on. If you tell someone six months ago, I'm going to do this, they're like, yeah, let us know, inshallah, yeah. in five months' time and we'll yeah. start planning it. It ended up happening at the front of the biggest Adidas store in the Middle East, in the middle of Dubai Mall, front and center of in the window in the window of the store um so we got all the equipment set up we got the cameras we got the support and stuff like that and it was 10 o'clock friday morning let's get going felt good was rocking and rolling i think i got to 100 kilometers just under 12 hours felt fine had the efficiency of the toilet stops was i had someone next to me with a wheelchair i'd jump in the wheelchair he would run me to the toilet i'd stand up do what i needed to do and he'd bring me back and i'll go in so it worked out i'd have two to three minutes an hour rest before I had to get running again. And if I could build that up, the previous record holder would take a five minute nap every five hours. 
And in that endurance perspective, there's a, there's a couple of ultra runners. It's like that five minute window. If you're really fatigued, if you just close your eyes, like your endorphins, your adrenaline is beneficial. Oh, hundred percent. There's something in it that you just lay down, just take that rest. It got to a point when I was falling asleep on the belt and it wasn't so much properly fall asleep. It's like when you're driving for so long and you, that blinks a bit longer than it should be. Yeah. And you wake up and go, right, where, where am I? So that happened twice. First time I took a bit of a stumble. Second time I fell off the treadmill. So feet stopped. I come off the back of the treadmill and just landed like Spider-Man and just went, uh, that could have been really bad. <laughs> right, guys, I'm going to have to speed up here so I, can, so I can get a 15 minute nap. And there was a spare treadmill behind me. So I had to speed up from 100 kilometers to 110 and sit at a four minute pace per kilometer so I could bank 15 minutes. <laughs> So I laid, I took a bite of something that I was already eating, took a lay down, legs up. Could I sleep? Could I hell? People banging on the window to the point where the security guard, I had a security guard outside the front to stop people gathering because the mall was like, we can't have people gathering outside. He had to try and get two kids away to stop them banging on the window so I couldn't sleep. So I was just literally just resting my eyes and thought, right, I've got to get going. Jumped on again. And there just wasn't something right. I think I was 122 kilometers in. Body just shut down. Just went cold turkey. I could literally feel the energy just drop out of me. And I turned right. I think I'm, I'm going to have to be sick. So I went to the toilet. Ended up vomiting, but it was black. Like black like tar. And we've all been sick. At, and we, we could look inside that, that vomit and go, right, I could probably tell what that was. There's a bit of food. That's probably what it was. Always carrot. Bet there was still carrot in that. Yeah, part. 100%. <laughs> and a bit of sweet corn. <laughs> and it was just black. And I was like, that's not normal. There's something wrong with this. And then obviously alarm bells going in my head, diarrhea, stomach issues, and the body just went cold, like shivering. Literally shutting down. Literally shutting down. And then put a hoodie on started running again this was like four o'clock in the morning now running 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 just really slow getting agitated with people and it's just like this is where i am but lucky enough i had the team with me that knew didn't take anything personally and that was the reason why they were there there were there were points where i was deciding who's going to be in the team and it's like people that don't need to micromanage me they'll just look at me and go understand gotcha know what you need mm. that's the people that you need at that time there's there's one person Tala, just looked at me and went you're done, Lee. And I was like, okay. And that was, I think, 137 kilometers in. So the, the end goal was 264. And that was 16 hours in. And she goes, you can either keep going, but a lot of people are going to turn up tomorrow to celebrate your success. And you can, you're not right now, you're physically and mentally not in a place where you need people coming around and celebrating because I know you're devastated about this, about I'm not achieving this. I was like, yeah. I went, can I just sleep a little bit more? And she goes, well, there's, there's your sign. My body was just like, I just mm -hmm. need to lay down. So I woke up, everyone had cleared everything away, all of my food, all of my kit and stuff like that. And they're like, right, we're gonna take you home. So I phoned my wife, sent a message on social media, which I cannot remember doing to this day, apologizing. Like I think I apologized like 15 times. And everyone's like, what the, why are you apologizing? Because again, that that construct of me being in an environment where I could not hide, where people are just looking at me, social media, I had it live on YouTube, I had it live here. All of these things needed for the Guinness World Records evidence collection, but 
people coming in and I just felt obliged to always say hello to people and eventually when you've said hello to 100 people you've given something yeah and it sounds quite deep but something spiritually you've given something of yours to them and you can't get it back because you're already you're not in that complete focus you're you're not in that complete focus and and your your energy your mantra or your mindset is is slowly dwindling down then there's people just in my eye line just holding a phone up like this and even what i wanted to watch i felt judged on what i wanted to watch and i hold my hands up here i watched beyonce live at coachella she's got some absolute bangers (laughs) so i put put it in but i could feel people watching going they know I'm watching Beyonce. <laughs> and it was like, I'm going to change it. And then my Bluetooth didn't connect. You know, those things start to build yeah. up. It's not so much I'm finding more excuses, but being in, in that shop window, as much as it elevated and put the reason for doing it to raise awareness for mental health, it was one of the toughest environments I've ever been in in my life. Mm. Because I could just feel people just sapping my energy, just taking it. And it's like we've all met those people that just, take but don't necessarily give anything back just want something from you but not willing it and you you, you grow especially from the pandemic you've realized that those people that reach out when when things are going right but yeah. they don't say anything when they know things are going wrong and again i've got those messages what's next are you doing it again are you going again blah 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 but one person said you didn't quit mate you just chose to live another day because there was a point when i was like super poorly lactic burned the doms afterwards mm. like the doctor was saying my acidity in my blood was so high i was like so close to like kidney failure and liver failure because of the lactic i had no because i couldn't take fluids in couldn't take food in so i had nothing no way to pass no way to cleanse push it through the stomach and i was like do i need an iv and they're like no because if you have an iv it bypasses your organs and right now that's like a soup of like acid so you need to get some water in to flush your kidneys out if we go iv you're going to bypass all of this so it literally was just sipping, having some dry toast at home and just laying down and trying to move about. But it probably took me a good three months, physically and mentally, to, to, to get over that. To come back on social media, to respond to people, just to walk in wow. and just see people. But then I raised $10,000 for mental health. Yeah. And I think the learning was, I went through something quite hard physically and mentally. So people have gone, ah, so it does go wrong for you. I've been telling you this for a long time. Sorry, I had to literally bust my ass to show you this. But showing people... They had the visual of it, yeah. Th- that it does go wrong f- mm. for these people that they put on a pedestal where you achieve great things. People yeah. just go, ah. And that's something I've come to realise. We always try and do that little bit extra to get the wow factor back. Where sometimes it's not about that because we're doing that wow factor for other people. Yeah. What a story, like. Unbelievable, and and the way you can actually look back on it and take from it, yeah, like you've learned, yeah, so many things about yourself, and I think it's another oversight when it comes to these feats is the amount that you actually learn about yourself and people around Mm. you. Yeah, it's I say it now, and I've learned a lot of things. Like we don't always win, but we always learn something. Mm. We've had quite a few people in here from different sports, and it's stuff like that, and it's always these champions, Mm. right? who have won stuff or are legends and you ask them about losing yeah I'm fucking pissed off yeah that 24 hours is shit yeah whatever it is but I'll, I'll take something from it I'll learn it I won't, do it. I won't do it again yeah. but, but you've got to be open enough to, to say right yeah why did it go wrong mm. you almost go right when did it go wrong let's backtrack was it something I could have done and that's where that routine and that discipline comes in 
your race prep or your workout prep mm. do the same your nutrition and stuff blah 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 do everything you can sometimes the body just goes absolutely not mm. and that's no one's fault because mm. yeah. i was i was fit enough i was i was fine i was training substantially but sometimes everything else just starts to get a little bit heavy on your shoulders and you can't find a way to just expedite that if i can run a marathon i ran from dubai to abu dhabi loved every minute of it it's like 100 kilometers started our running community in abu dhabi and i thought right i'm gonna run from here i'm gonna land there and almost break ground in abu dhabi with our flag and say right i'm here loved it because i could disappear i'm comfortable enough on my own yeah being around people that didn't also in that space people didn't know what was going on so they were like what's going on i almost needed to put a sign up to say who i am what i'm trying to do and why i'm trying to do it mm just as a little poster, just as a little card here, but people are just looking at what's going on here. But there's lots of positives. It's still one of the most, a, a funny fact, one of the most engaged events in Dubai Mall ever. It's in the top three of the most talked about, engaged, social media posted things at Dubai Mall ever. Oh yeah, awesome. that's pretty big. But again, we wouldn't be talking about it if, if I succeeded. I would be going, yeah, I break a world record on a treadmill. What's yeah. next? yeah what is next <laughs> <laughs> fuck <laughs> what a break yeah <laughs> unbelievable mindset do you like we always ask the question and I think we'll know it like what does strong mean to you but I want to add on to this with your mindset and that you get in that place and you've talked about hard times and certain things that drove you to kind of the first records and pushing you on a little bit more. Do you find it's better to get in a sort of darker place to get yourself up for sort of events and challenges or remember reasons such as that? Or is it setting off in a positive? Positive every day. Yeah. Mm. For me, it's a negative. Because I just, we've had people in here that have talked about to achieve success, they go to horrendously dark places to push their body to, to certain limits. I wouldn't volatile. I wouldn't put myself there mm. because I don't know what, how, where that place is going to go. If I go there, I'm more worried about getting out of there mm. to keep positive. For me, that negative seed grows a lot quicker. Like I've, I've asked people before that may have paced me to help me out in races. I went, do not mention anything. If it's hot, don't say it's hot. Don't say anything in a, in a negative construct because I'm just going to tag onto that and that's just going to grow in my head. Oh, wow. So to, the, I, to that level of... To that level where I just just talk to me normally. Don't blow smoke up my ass and say you're doing amazing. Just say how are we doing. Just read me. Just read me. Don't come in and go. Oh, it's a it's hot one today. Lee, you're doing amazing. Blah 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 blah. Um, because then I will tag onto that and it's like, right, I'm in. I've gone to some dark places, but that has gone to a dark place through effort, through scenarios. I haven't put. I haven't gone. I don't react to negativity by going right. I'm going to go and work out and utilize this moment. But I have been in some places where I've gone, can I keep going? But I have done this before. I've done worse than this before. Or someone I know, my wife, me, my mum who, who passed away to cancer, or my mother-in-law, they didn't have a choice in that scenario. So that kind of goes, I chose to do this. I'm not getting paid to this. So shut up, get it fucking done. Oh, yeah. Um, but that mindset is it, it has to be fun. No matter how tough it is, 
there's a sense of enjoyment in there somewhere and it's not it doesn't necessarily the definition of fun and happiness isn't a smile it's just that sense of i'm enjoying the growth i mean this fun in this discipline of discovery which which is why i still run this is why i still endeavor my wife's like anything left and there there is something coming up <laughs> there's always because running is a part of me running is my therapy running is me getting out it's not i'm not always training when i run sometimes i'm just exercising just to clear the mind whether yeah. i've had a bad day i'll go out for a 5k run i won't take a watch there's not always data to everything that i do i just know i need to get out and move get some sunshine drink some water every day that's my habit that's my ritual and if i don't do it i just start to get a little bit thing and even yeah i remember a few years ago england lost penalties to italy got home i wouldn't say i was angry i was like, oh, that's really disappointing my wife just goes go out for a run all right went up for a little 3k 15 minutes and come back and went right what's new and that's kind of how i feel about coming back into the home space yeah. i will go out and get rid of any demons any bad we don't really talk about work when i come in yeah hi darling how was your day we can read each other enough because we've been together long enough but i will get rid of all of that and come home and go right clean slate kids let's have some fun i'm not gonna hate the fact that i haven't trained today because i've got to look after you i'm just gonna sacrifice some sleep and get it done before that brilliant I bet this time she loves it. Lee, what are you doing? A oh, hundred kilometer race. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix <TV> and chill. <laughs> yeah, but she gets emotionally invested. And it's one thing that I've, I come out of, especially the treadmill. And admittedly, in the beginning, I may have been a little bit selfish with these goals and not spoke within that group environment. So, Suzanne, this is what I'm looking to do. It was more of a, I find out more on your social media about what you're doing than, than you tell me. But coming out of that treadmill, how long it took me, me training in the spare room, us moving the spare room about, doing stuff like that, learning it's a we scenario, not a me scenario. And when people ask me, what's next when you're doing the next thing, when we're ready, not when I'm ready. Mm. So again, the kids went through it. My wife was emotionally invested. She was worried, she was stressed, she was juggling stuff. So when we're all ready is when I go again. And then that's when we start building up for for the next thing, yeah. Which is to be to be confirmed very soon. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Right. So wrapping up, Mark likes to ask this question, and I think you might have a good answer for us. So go on, ask your question. What would Lee Ryan do to change the world? To make it a better place, to have an impact. You're already doing it. I think you are, yeah. You're already inspiring many. How, how big is Adidas Runners now in the region and what you're doing? With it's growing, yeah. We've got seven communities across the region. Um, but for me, it's not what I would do, but it was something that I would encourage others to do. It's just do what you enjoy and keep it fun because that's when the good stuff happens. And when just stay disciplined and work hard. And if, yeah, just keep it fun for me. It's one of those things in and life is simple even in, in your guys game it's like the technology and the data and the nutrition and the, everything that's come along people are still trying to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger from 1970 and 1980 what did he have just a barbell just dumbbells yeah. simple it's, yeah. it's yeah. so simple yeah and this is the thing training to do these things marathons or whatever what I'm doing is exactly the same as Elliot Kipchoge mm. 
it's just he's in a different mind he's got a different mindset that's how we learn from other people and it's just being open enough to not think you're number one but for me it's just keep it fun mm. just keep everything that you're doing fun if you're enjoying it keep doing it good stuff will happen if you're not jo- enjoying it and you're doing it because you feel you need to do it for other people's opinions and acceptance you get a crash and burn very very soon brilliant I like it. keep it fun enjoy it positivity yeah right love it mate thank you very much thank you for i mean you guys. thank you fascinating the balance of family mindset challenges grief looking. carrying grief that I was know. something that i took away from it yeah so absolutely amazing and we wish you all the success Thank with uh, what's up and coming i keep you updated we'll have to get you back on whatever it is we'll have it on exclusive announcement on here oh, we'll say uh, oh. oh love it <laughs> right hope you enjoyed let's uh get down in the comments any information you want if you want to get in touch with lee you want to learn more about adidas runners his challenges what he's up to then uh give him a message the socials are down below give us a like and subscribe thank you very much for tuning in guys thank you thank you very much guys thank you cheers sports social podcast network